This is the Sky is Blue podcast. Guys, Blue podcast time again. Chesterfield 16 points clear at the top. Two games in hand for those next Tuesday against Dagenham and Redbridge. So we're back. Phil Tooley, Paul Fisher, Daryl Carpenter, Stuart Basson to talk all things Spyrites. We'll be looking back to the Watford game, looking forward to another busy month of February. It was a busy month in January when we were off games to uh, the weather, but short month. Well, there's 29 days in it this year, isn't there? Still half a dozen games to go in February and uh, Stuart, six games in February that could really make even the most pessimistic Spyrite supporter think, do you know what, we might just make the playoffs. <laughs> yes, there are, aren't they? They still come thick and fast for us, don't they? Um, quite a few away ones coming up now. Um, I don't remember what our away record's like because it's so long since I looked at nine it. Nine wins. Yeah, so. we, we've got nine <laughs> wins, so a tenth win will only be the seventh time in history we've got that far. Mm, mm. We, we, we had a really good January, obviously. We were all looking at January previous to that and thinking, well, that'll be a bit of a sticky month, won't it? All those teams that, you know, you'd expect to be among the chasing pack coming up. Well, we've seen all those off. And February, and February, we've got games against some of the teams who, should we say, aren't necessarily in the chasing pack. Um, and... Well, people are saying, "Oh, well, we always play badly against poor teams now." You know? <clears throat> so there's plenty of there's plenty of material in there still for the natural pessimists among us. Um, February has generally been an indifferent month for us on the playing side. We've we've got kind of a, a a sort of a one as many as we've lost, got as many points as we've lost kind of record over over our history in Feb. Whereas January has always usually been quite a good month. Um, but Bromley away coming up stands out doesn't it on the 17th um have we arranged the barnet game yet not yet no no well you see i'm talking of uh, that does did that postponement of the barnet game actually do us a real favor because they'll have been thinking oh we can nick something back from Chesterfield. but the fact that they've not been winning and we have been winning means now surely surely barnet and bromley are just thinking about we want points to get to second and third place uh, uh and whilst of course i'll never admit they're giving up the chase. I think had it happened on that whatever January date it was meant to be, the twentieth, I think it was, mm. they they had a chance just to narrow that gap a little bit. They did. I suspect that um Andy Woodman's mind games attempt uh has actually backfired mm. on both Bromley and Barnet um a little bit. Um it's the relent. We we felt this last year as a chaser. It's the relentless pressure of every time you go back in the dressing room. Oh God, they've won again. They've won again. They've won mm. again. And we've just never taken the foot off the gas, have we? You know. And um, I don't think it would have mattered whether we played them or not. Phil, in all honesty, I think it helped us from a point of view of rest. 
um, and, and we were getting seven days between games instead of, you know, having to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. But other than that, I don't think it's it's benefited us or them either way, other than the fact that we keep winning and we keep the pressure on everybody. Mm. And, of course, when Chesterfield went out of the trophy, and I know they played a young side against Welling, the same day, Barnet and Bromley both went through, and I, I, I punched the air on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's be realistic. To Barnet and Bromley, and, and Bromley only won the thing two years ago, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they beat Wrexham in the final. Um, it, it's a great opportunity for them to get to Wembley, have a good day out, and have a, a have a great chance of winning the thing. Whereas to us, <laughs> we all knew, and I think the rest of the league all knew, they're really not taking this terribly seriously. Um, I felt a bit sorry, really, for Southport that we managed to cobble together a, a side of um, reserves and, and kids who who gave them a right battering on the day. Um, but no, it's um, anything like that where they're having to postpone again and rearrange fixtures and all that. And one eye will inevitably turn to Wembley at some point if they get close enough. I don't know how many more rounds there are. Is it three? Um, and the two-legged semi, two-legged semi. If they get there as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. So all these things, you know, added in the mix, uh, are all in our favour, thankfully, which is rather nice. Well, let's look in. Let's look back a little bit. Paul Fisher did a little interim Sky Is Blue podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at the press area before the game last week against uh, Southend United. And talking about behind-the-scenes press, hey, we got looked after well at Watford, didn't we, Paul? Oh, certainly. Yeah, really, really nice um, nice people down there. Um, and, and just the great facilities. And you saw all the sort of um, national press there as well, didn't you? National radio were there, Five Live were sat next to me, John Bennett, um, just along the corridor, along the row, from me at Watford was Adrian Durham of Talk Sport. So, you know, they, they classed it as a, a big game, you know, for the National League leaders to take on. And they saw an upset, didn't they? That's why they were there, to be to be brutally honest, didn't they? So and they very nearly got one, um, to be to be to be frank about it. But it was such a great eye opener as well as what level they are. I mean, their press conference section had I I, I, 50 seats, Phil, was it, oh, it about? At least. 50 at least. seats for a press conference post-game, which I've got an amusing story as well with Kurt. After after we'd done all the interviews with Danny Webb and everything, Kurt had to take him into the visiting press. So we went around this little bit. It wasn't allowed in a certain area. Had to go up this other bit. Went through the stairs up to the area. Took him into the uh, area. Sat him down. And there was three three journalists there in the seat with 50 <laughs> and none of them asked a question immediately and Danny Webb saying Kurt if you brought me up here for nobody to ask a question eventually like the local journalist of the asked him a question and Danny you know padded it out a little bit so he was there for a little while and everything so uh, I'll get Kurt to tell the story next time but uh, but yeah um, but yeah that was quite amusing so um, so yeah but it, fantastic facilities and um you know, I keep badgering on that the press at Chesterfield need a press room. You know, it's it's cold up there in the in the press box. You know, you know, should 
give us a free drink as well, possibly, you know. But uh, but yeah, no, the facilities were great. They were free well drink. They cost three quid each. You can't <laughs> give them away. <laughs> Well, no, no wonder they're making record profits on the uh, <laughs> on the <laughs> on the concourse. Um, uh, yeah, we were well looked after. It was brilliant. It was a great day, and you know, obviously spoiled by the uh, last minute goal. But at the end, actually, I didn't really mind. Do you know what I mean? It was one of those where actually I didn't really really care too much, you know. So, but I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, and you know, when Quigley scored that goal. The biggest disappointment with Dollar was it wasn't in front of the four thousand supporters. Yeah, at the that's, other end, yeah, that's the only negative. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but still, it was great, great stuff. And you know, as you were sitting in amongst that, you did you did go, didn't you? I think you were sitting. Oh yes. yes. What did it what what did it feel like in amongst it? Because it looked from Paul and I's viewpoint to be fantastic. Amazing, yeah, yeah. Never stopped singing from before kickoff till way beyond the final whistle. Um, th- there's a belief in there, you know. I think I think the, the vast majority thought we could get a result, uh, and, and and at worst bring them back. And the way we played that first thirty minutes, um, mm. it wasn't false hope, was it? You know, crowned off by a fantastic goal. I mean, the, <coughs> the cross from Shackleford was tremendous. What a cross, but, yeah. What a yeah, cross does. Mm. But the football that led up to it. Um, in, in the build-up. But that had, that had not been the only incident, had it? I mean, Dobra was playing out of his skin. Old Acre and, and Naylor were running, absolutely running the middle of the park. Whatever whatever plan that um, uh, Ishmael had put together was clearly not working for them. Um, no, no. And while he made one or two changes, they were still a really, really strong 11 that he started with. For Very them. much so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I suspect um, we made more changes than them on the day. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So it, it, it was terrific. Atmosphere was awesome. I just wish we could have nicked the second one early in the second half and we had the chances to do it. Because um, I think if we go 2 0 up, it's game over. Uh, yeah, Banks's effort, weren't it, in the first yes. sort of two minutes of the second half? Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Terrific football again in the build up as well to it. And uh, yeah, after <laughs> that, you, you just felt they kept bringing on more and more legs, didn't they? We. We we did, but it, it was more of a struggle as the second half went on. Yeah, and and a pal I was sat next to had just said, you know, the longer this goes on, the more likely they are to get get the winner after they've equalised, and and so it proved right at the death. We were just half a yard off. Yeah, in in that last move, and where where we got to things earlier in the game, we didn't quite get to, and there was a little nick on it, wasn't there that that. You know, took it away from uh, from boot. So uh, yeah, but a great great showing. Support was fantastic. Uh, I think the the good folk of Watford will not forget forget Chesterfield in a hurry, um, both for the way they behaved on the day and the the noise. And I know the club got a, a super email, didn't they, from from Watford saying what what a credit we'd been. Yeah. Um, and how much they'd enjoyed the day, and the fact that we paid respect to Graham Taylor and uh, and and their their supporter who who'd been killed over in Afghanistan at half time. They the family were very touched by that. So yeah, it was great day out. Sad, I think we deserved a draw really, in all honesty, over the over the piece. But as you said, Paul, bigger fish to fry. Yeah, 
I absolutely agree with with that sentiment. I, I was just really pleased at the end with the performance, and uh, the result was. You're not going to say perfect, are you? Because you don't want your team to lose. No. Uh, but but in in that bigger fish to fry, as you say, that there there is definitely an agenda this season that is win the league, yeah. and uh, we don't want to be distracted. But another little um, bit of history in there, Stuart, as well, reaching the third round. For three seasons on the trot, non-league teams don't do that very often because they start a little bit earlier. And Chesterfield never used to do it really as a league team. <laughs> only, when, only, only when they started in the third round in, in the late thirties and early and late forties, really. But yeah, what 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 an achievement really in the last few seasons in FA Cup games, and they've all ended with great ties: Chelsea, West Brom, Watford. This year. We've had the blues after those defeats in the last couple of years, but this year, well, win, 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 win. He's on mute. Hang on, I'll take him off. Oh. <laughs> Randy, <laughs> you put yourself on mute, Stuart. Yep, you have, yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just trying to get it off. Hang on. Yeah, you've done it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're off, mate. No, no wonder our ratings went up briefly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, yes, it was, wasn't it? And as you say, there was a bit of a, of, of a, of a sort of agenda with that in that, you wanted your team to go down and you know acquit themselves well do themselves justice um and you didn't want them to come back having lost as heavily as we did at chelsea or something like that um and we did all that you know we went down and we showed the wider footballing public that we are a good football playing side you know um and there'll be people from league two watching who will be thinking fancy those coming up next season you know um but yeah, three successive um, years in which we've won four ties, is it? Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. You know, and and there's uh, there's only five other non-league teams who have got to the third round in 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 three successive seasons by by winning that many games. Well, not even by winning that many games because one of them, Corinthians, used to be given a bye to the yeah. To, to, to that stage of the competition every year um and um, oddly oddly perhaps not oddly they a lot of them have happened quite recently with Altrincham and and Boreham Wood um and you wonder I suppose that's a factor of both the fifth division becoming more competitive and other clubs fielding weaker sides because their yeah. priority might be the European mega league or whatever you know yeah, yeah. um so perhaps clubs in our position of being assisted a little bit in that yeah well that, that really only makes a big, <laughs> big effect when you get to the third round you know mm, yeah. your lower clubs that they're planning to achieve mm. the third round want to get them yeah. to the third round but then as you said we you know we made, went there and made four or five changes didn't we so you know people could look at it and say well we're saving ourselves for the league you know and well Stan let, let's get rid of the other cup competition the FA Trophy uh, 2-0 defeat at Welling with a team of Academy players, with the exception of Luke Chadwick, that said, Luke Chadwick is still the age of an academy player. Um, clearly, clearly, the, the the club saw that as priority 75 when there's only three competitions <laughs> that Chesterfield are entering, Stuart. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, you, you alluded to an unlucky um, manager earlier in the um, podcast, and I think the unluckiest manager of the year must be the Welling United manager, who oh, yeah. guided his team to a record equaling defeat of Chesterfield in this season 2-0 and his reward for it was to get a bullet this week 
Oh, is he? winning. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. After beating Hemel Hempstead, he then got the sack. Yeah. After beating yeah. Hemel Hempstead. They've been yeah. struggling, haven't they? But, you know, yeah. they, they, you, you go and you win a you know, good run in the trophy. That, that can that can be a, a pivot on which your season swings, can't it? You know, so so he's a bit unlucky in that respect. But yes, for us, the trophy again was about putting out a side that you know you hope will go and you know do justice to the club's name. Um, and the result is perhaps a little bit secondary. Um, and th- and that was a case with us. You know, irrespective of the score against Southport, the boys did the club proud. I thought, you know, and then they happened to do that by going scoring six, you know, against a team one league below us. Um, and, and Welling was probably, they're probably a bit, as a squad, a bit older and a bit wiser than some of the Southport squad were. Um, although, yeah, they are the division below as well, aren't they, in the southern section? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I don't think we disgraced ourselves there, really, you know. And, and, and Paul, the academy as a whole, Neil Cluxton and his team must be delighted with how their uh, some of their players like Riley De Senna, Sam Hooper, plus the the lads who were signed as a pro that have been out on loan this season, the likes of uh, uh, Wilkinson and Co. You know, because there's no funding from the football league anymore, it's got to be self funding, and they've really taken hold of what's needed to do it. And have brought a lot of players to a, a good level. They make the step up mm. massive to the next mm. level, but there's one or two players who look potentially as though they could make that step up. Yeah, indeed. You look at players like Sam Hooper, uh, the back end of last year is um, joined with, um, you know, your Archie Whites and uh, Xander Duomos, etc. And they got the 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 contracts and you can see them, especially in Sam Hooper's case, he looks like in the EFA trophy game last year, he came on as a sub and didn't look out of place or anything like that, but you could just see the development in the game against Southport where he's had regular, you know, five day training or four day training, you know, with the, with the first team squad developing into a, into a player, just sitting there and holding and, and looking really good. And I think that that's pretty good for, for the development of them. You, your next generation are your Liam Jessops, your Riley Dissenners and those ones there who who were looking the sort of standout players of that uh, academy of the of the the feature of the group. So, you know, maybe there's something in it for them. But I've been to see the under 23s on a couple of occasions and yeah, they they look quite good. And I know they're not playing in the top echelons of a a big league. But they're getting competitive football. Riley Descent has also been at um, Stocksbridge Park Steels as a dual registration, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, they've got to play against men. That, that's the thing. It doesn't matter whether those men are reserves at Rochdale or first-team players at Stocksbridge Park or, yeah. or somewhere. Because they're, they're wily men who've been around the block a few times and know how to stop a little fast winger or, uh, or, or mm. shove a a centre-half at a set play or anything along those lines. So they're learning that craft, aren't they? And having, although it is an under-23, they're generally 20 and younger, the players that are in the um, academy. But they are getting that playing against tougher opposition, physically tougher opposition, and it's bringing them on no end, Paul, isn't it? 
Yeah, he, he certainly is. Yeah, I, I think yeah, you know, they're playing the, the the youth team are playing in the Central Midlands Alliance League, you know, and they're getting regular games. So they're getting those that are sort of under nineteen, twenty. They're getting regular games against you know established teams, um, you know, albeit some of them being reserve teams of a you know a Northern Counties, but they're they're playing regular football games, you know. So it's it's great for their development. It's a bit like the the Northern Intermediate League, isn't it? From from many years ago, I, I would, I would, you know, hasten all the old Central League, isn't it? The the, the reserves used to play. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's a good good development, good grounding for them, and it's pleasing to see. You know, even look, the under 23s and Neil Cluxton in particular, his him and his particular academy of coaches are doing wonders for the club. You know, they were rewarded with a cup victory last year, weren't they, in the new under 23s cup? You know, they won last night against the same opposition to go through the next round of the Cup. So, yeah, they're, they're establishing a core base, you know, and mm. if Chesterfield, uh, if stroke when Chesterfield get into the, the Football League, you know, they, they'll be funded adequately. So they'll be able to take on some of these youngsters, you know, as a as a professional, a little bit more than what they, they have done now. You know, so, they, you know, they, I'm sure that the ones who got a contract to the back end of the season were stretching the budget somewhat, you know, so that, that they were helping, you know, the development so that they've, there has been interest. We don't want a situation where Lake and Torres is, you know, going to be, you know, nicked under his noses and there's nothing we can do about that, you know. So, mm. although that might happen, you know, anyway, with a, a football league, but you want some comeback, don't you, on that situation. Yeah. So, um, uh, absolutely. And the, mo- the model for, for the academy, and we'll, we'll move on to the first team in a sec, the model for the academy is, all of the the players who are older than school age are being educated, and they get funding yes. for for their education. So I, I nipped into the club yesterday and couldn't get a seat in the the cafe because it was lunchtime for all of the academy no, players man. who are doing their, their their education that uh, that they do. So it's a it's a fantastic model, and there's no reason that that can't carry on alongside the funding. That you're no, indeed, get yeah, in, indeed. Anyway, uh, Daz, January 1st team, National League, four games, four wins, all at home, three clean sheets, Altrincham and Southend, serious teams, uh, not blown away, but they're serious teams and, and they were both beaten. It's been a good old month, hasn't it? Yeah, terrific. Um, because uh, it's January, we, we, we'd had the... Um, blip at Solihull um, which had carried over a little bit hangover wise into the first half at, at home against Solihull I think we're just after half time we dropped two behind but produced then what was it an eight or ten minute spell of incredible football to turn that one around um, pitch is suffering a bit isn't it um, as lots are across the country and I was listening to an interview on Five Live with one of the Premier League mm. groundsmen last week, and he said conditions haven't been as bad for years, and mm. even with all their money. Yeah, Derby's uh, looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they moved uh, back to the baseball ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not quite. Exactly what, I, I think they're, they're trying to reminisce. I think. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the pitch is is t- a, a bit tired. Um, obviously, as the next few months warm up, the uh, they get some growth back in the grass. It'll recover nicely for the uh, for the end of the season. But things are against you. We we keep making loads of changes, don't we? We've had the odd injury and mishap. Uh, 
Colclough out and, and Palmer out and whatever, and people just step in and, you know, it, it's almost seamless. We dug out a result, didn't we, against Alti, who I think universally accepted as being probably the best team we've played all season, home and away. Uh, and then to... Um, the Woking game was a funny game, wasn't it? Because we never really got in top gear, uh, got ahead, and apart from a very late flurry, they didn't, in all honesty, look like equalising. We looked in control of the game. And then Saturday, I thought, from minute one, we were at it. Uh, mm. Although there were a few more six out of tens than eight out of tens in one or two places, you say, Mandeville's not quite been on it since he he was off with his illness has he uh don't look quite as sharp as he he has been um but it was it, it was terrific performance again use of the bench even even with one or two bodies missing um and the timing and and the tactics associated with the changes Cookie seems to be getting virtually every decision right this season, and uh, it's great to great to watch because some of the quality of the goals. I mean, again, mm. that uh, the Berry goal against uh, Altrincham was, you know, top top draw. Mm. Um, the one on Saturday, actually, the one in, not long after the first goal on Saturday was even better move when it got blocked. Yeah, where there was about seven or eight one touch passes and third man running and. They they were chasing shadows, and then of course we bring on uh, we bring on Armando who who suddenly decides he's going to have a twenty minute cameo of unplayability. Um, Quigley's on twenty odd seconds and scores with his first. It doesn't matter what Cookie does at the minute; it's just it's just uh, it's just working out for him. So long, mate. Continue. Eh? Uh, and with that, you're talking about that. Dobra coming on and he was absolutely unplayable. I, you know, they've been run ragged. And bearing in mind, South End, in my opinion, in uh, um, the two fullbacks, Rolf at, at left back and Scott Morris at right back, I think that's the best fullback combination outside Chesterfield yeah. in the league. They said they're both attacking and they, they hardly ever got forward. But I didn't appreciate live at the time uh, Mandeville's dummy on that goal, oh, on that goal yeah, that Dobra yeah, did. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you look at the wonderful ball. The wonderful run mm. from Dobra, but the quality of the ball from Jacobs. But clearly, there must have been some communication between Jacobs and Mandeville. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. the dummy just came came through. And say so you didn't spot that at the time. Well, I didn't spot no. that at the time. Mm. But when you see it back, you think flipping it. That was even better than I thought it yeah. was. And the yeah. dummy just added to it, didn't it, uh, Dan? Mm. Yeah, I mean, Jake, Jacobs has been is to me the best brain at number 10 that we've got by some margin i mean he's his his sense of awareness how to how to stand still to create space mm. uh, he's always got his head up always got his head up looking for a forward pass you, you, greg loves playing off him you can see yeah. you know they played together a long time before they making runs into certain areas his awareness of one touch layoffs and people moving around him and yeah you, you can imagine him shouting to mandeville over and, and he just mm. lets it go so he can you know dobra can continue the run round the circular run round and he can just find him and, and open up half the penalty box by doing it as well i mean it, it was 
it was terrific. And uh, and it was his ninth assist of the season. Three of them have been in cup competitions, but six in yeah. the National League, nine, nine assists, so only Mandeville in front. Mm. I mean, I, I know Cookie waited patiently to get him in the summer and thought he hadn't got him. Uh, and, and, and there was that story, I think we mentioned earlier in the season, where they got a call within half an hour to say that Berry, who they weren't going to get, was coming and within half an hour they were also getting Jacobs. Um, <laughs> so, I think I think a call had to go into Phil Kirk to see if we could stretch the budget. Um, but, wow, you know, they were worth waiting for, the pair of them, weren't they? Well, let's, let's just, uh, Paul, just think about that. Jacobs as a player. I mean, we know his pedigree. We know, we know what he's done. We know his history. In the league this season, he started 17 games and come on 10 times as a sub, scored four goals. That's just in National League matches. Last season, when we had a pretty good side and we were all purring about Tim Akinola, mm. he started 10 games as well last season and he came on 16 times. So that's almost identical to Michael Jacobs. He didn't score and I hardly got any assists. Yeah. So there's output coming from this season's players. Yeah, indeed. So they obviously... Despite like, Akinola being loved, universally loved. Yeah, he, he was. And, uh, you know, you could see there's a sort of player with, with potential there for, for him. And um, so Cookie thought, right, well, let's upgrade a little bit here, didn't he? So uh, Jacobs wanted to move uh, further south. I think he was um, very nearly went to play... Um, he was it was back at Northampton, wasn't he? Because he lives in Northampton, so yeah. they'd moved to League One, and there was another team that were really interested in him as well, coming up from Portsmouth. But he wanted to um, go back north, so Chesswood obviously stretched the budget again, and it probably gave him some travel expenses, you know, so uh, to push the the boat out there. But the you know that that cookie wanted cookie to work with him, hadn't he? So Michael Jacobs knew exactly what he was getting into. Mm. Um, he knew that Will Grigg was already going, so there's a little carrot, isn't there, for you? So, um, so yeah, it's um, and they're proper mates off the pitch as well. They are, yeah, yeah, by all accounts. So, um, so yeah, and they played a lot of football together, haven't they? So, um, um, so yeah, a real a real upgrade on on, on Akinola, really. So, um, <coughs> you know, that, that all bodes well, doesn't it? And so, and and he can come into the side. He doesn't mind just dropping out. You know, and somebody else taking that berth, you know. So um, the flexibility, the fluidity of the the squad itself, that various amount of players can play in certain different positions. Ollie Banks, for example, can play as a holder, which he likes. He prefers that more because he gets more time on the ball rather yeah. than being up front where he's more natural, you know, uh, assisting and getting goals. So, you know, it, it's it's such a, they've got such a good squad at the minute. So at the minute. Well, well, talking about upgrades, Paul. Yeah. Uh, we just mentioned Akinola to Jacobs, and you can never compare two two different players and say that. But Ukeg Boulam, Jez, last season, four mm. starts, twenty nine sub appearances, two goals, assist or two. James Berry, five starts, seventeen on on the bench, and three goals. He's also got five assists in the. Um, National League and, and, and obviously scored against Southport. Again, that's another off-the-bench uplift, isn't it? It is. And you can see the hunger and desire that was with Jez at, at times, but what was letting him down was at, at times, and I'm pretty certain this is probably... Well, times. Open, oh, <laughs> well, well open knowledge was the fact that he, yeah, he was a bit... He was a bit um, 
uh, questionable Tardy. around the clock, wasn't he? Uh, let's say. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, it, it, that's probably what that that held him back a little bit in, in many respects. But he was, you know, he's, he was a good player, you know. So he's something that could, could work with. Now, what Chesterfield saw was an advantage there that if they signed James Berry, then they, you know, Jez can go off off to Pastures News and they'll get some money for him, you know. So that helped to pay towards. James Barry. I can't remember the timeline or whatever happened with because Jez got sold just after the start of the season, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he came on early doors, won some appearance. Yeah, so, so yeah, so they'd obviously gone for an upgrade there. But two players of almost uh, identical scenarios are hungry, almost gave the game up as well, and found a sort of new lease in life as well. And Jez is doing very well at Rochdale, I, I understand. So it's more closer to home. He's Manchester-based, isn't he? So, um, and James Berry seems to be absolutely loving his football here, judging by the interviews that we we keep doing with him, Phil. So, you know, obviously, Chester had to part with some money to get him, um, a bit like they did with Jez, in actual fact, so from, from Matlock. But... Um, a bit more though, Paul. I understand. A bit, a bit more, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot more. An, an extra say. bag of balls, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the Jets would have got development and potential for the future with with James Berry. They see more than more than Jesu Kegelin. So, um, and, and talking about upgrades, Stuart, but one one big, big, big upgrade this season has been Armando Dobra to Armando Dobra because mm. in the summer I was talking with Paul Cook and uh, one and Gary Roberts. And they were sort of saying, well, last season we only managed to get uh, um, 27 league appearances out of Armando Dobra. We need to get to 37 was the uh, the thing mm. that they mentioned. Well, last season, uh, Dobbs was 23 plus four, got six goals. This season he's on 20 plus six and seven goals. And while, whilst he's, he's, he's had a few times where he wasn't at his brilliant best, A, is playing more often and B, his output hasn't dropped. Well, indeed, yes, um, and, and he is an upgrade on on what he was last season, if if only for his defensive work, you know, yeah. which which has just come from nowhere, really, hasn't it? Over the course of the close season, um, you know, he gets back and he tackles and he wins the ball back in advanced positions as well, which helps to keep pressure on um, when 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 we're pressing forward. Um, yeah, he he'll have that sort of output. You, know, you, you look at a promotion team and you 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 think their attacking midfielders all need to weigh in with eight, nine, ten goals over a season, something like that. And Armando is doing that at the moment, and he you know he, he, he's he's on for a, a really good season. And you know credit to the young man, he's signed another contract, and and you know if, if we haven't got him for very much longer, then at least we'll get quite a chunk for him if if the time comes for him to move on you know um, yeah, and just just of course last season he picked up a fair few cards and everything along those lines i've just been checking if he's on seven yellow cards in the the national league and the 10 cut off the, the the one for a suspension after 10 is 37 matches so he's got to avoid getting three bookings in eight games which so, uh, you know given his kind of disciplinary outlook in general this season i'm sure he can do you know mm. because he he hasn't looked anything like as as sort of tempestuous or hot-headed or something as he did on occasions last season um you know he's he's in control of his own game much better i think and 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 you know that shows in in the return that we're getting from him and and as what you it was just mentioned there about 
Dobbs signing an extended contract. One of the things Paul Cook said when he first came was the turnover of players has just been ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a while to, to get the squad that he trusts. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden, he started just putting out those those deals. The squad's going to be pretty similar to uh, to this season, ne- next year, one, one, one would assume. Takes me back to 79, 80, 80, 81, still you know, the pinnacle yeah. of my Chesterfield yeah. watching time in terms of what division they were in, how good the team were. And of course, in the summer of 80, 81, Arthur Cox's team only added Danny Wilson. That was the only addition because Cox had mm. been spent spending time getting the right squad and then you just want to keep it. Cook yeah. is doing exactly that, isn't he now? Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, while, while Stu was talking, I've been writing down the squad and if you look at <coughs> Tyra and Boot, obviously Boots, I think, was given a one-year deal. Tyra's on loan. So next season we'll need to do something on the goalkeeping front. Now, whether that's if we go up, Everton might say, well, have another year, Harry, because Harry's clearly loving life with mm-hmm. us, isn't he? And he's yeah, developing. Little, little, little gold celebration video showed that this weekend. Didn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think he's a real favourite with the away contingent, uh, our away contingent, because he, he, he always interacts with them uh, post-match and, and stuff. So clearly enjoying life. Um, Shackleford's got a new deal. Uh, I Great. Think I think we've still got an option on Jeff King. Uh, now, whether club, we take club option, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whether we take up that option, I'm not entirely sure. Horton's obviously got a new deal. Uh, Clements, I think he's probably at a contract, but I've heard rumours on the grapevine he might be next one in line to get to get another deal. Well, he showed uh, how good he was on against South. Yeah. Oh, he was terrific, wasn't he? As though he'd mm. never been away. Um, Williams and Grimes have have got new new deals. Um, I don't know what the Ash Palmer original deal was and whether he's got finishes in the summer. Is that contracts? Yeah, that. yeah. So, so that will be an interesting one, um, particularly as Stockport offloaded him when they got back in the football league. Mm. I think that was one of the reasons. One of the reasons for yeah. that was they, they switched from three to the back to two to the back. Yes, so yeah. they yes. got they got an overload at the back. Yeah, but whether Cookie feels he he's what he wants as, as his third centre-back, if you like. Uh, Freckleton's obviously on loan. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him back for a season. Um, or if Sheffield United want to let him go, then, you know, sign him on by all means. Um, Jones, Oldacre, Nail, uh, Naylor's obviously under contract. Jones and Oldacre, new contracts. Mandeville got a, a new deal, didn't he? Did uh, Dobra. Um, Banksy is the standout Banks, one. Banks is the, yeah, I don't know about Jacobs. Was he a one-year deal, Jacobs, in the well, summer? It was undisclosed. Right. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna assume that it's one year, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'd I'd love to keep so, Jake. I know he'll be 33 next season, but I'm not saying it's not more. But no. you know, it may no. it, just assume that it's one. Yeah. No, I, my gut feeling was it was only one year, Paul. So I'm I'm with you on that. But I, I'd love to give him another one because um, I think yeah. I think again at, at League Two level he'd still be far far too good for most teams. Well, um, yeah. And that little bit of guile you need, you know, when you're playing against teams that come with the low block and stuff, he, he's just got that X factor, hasn't he, for breaking teams open. So, yeah, 
he said he wanted continuity. There have been far too many players yeah. in and out the door, most of which you'll never remember. Uh, and he was quite right. And um, yeah, I think Berry, Grigg, and Quigley are all there next year as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's not a lot to be done, is there? Maybe what would you do with a goalkeeping situation? Would you give Would you give Boot another year in the football well, league? Would I mean, you bring think- in a new number one. You know. If if Harry Tyra signs a new loan deal and if Everton allow us to to do that, yeah. then Ryan Boot is surely going to be want first team football somewhere else, isn't he? Mm. Because he's an age of twenty nine, yeah. thirty now, where he should be starting every game. Or he might be happy with the you know, the status quo, mm. uh, Reb, and um, and want to be fighting for that number one spot at Chesterfield. So yeah, yeah. And, and he's done Horton, nothing wrong. You didn't, you didn't mention Horton, does he's he's got an, an Horton, year, yeah, yeah, he's another one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and what about Colclough? What's Colclough on? He, he, he signed an extended deal. contract, didn't he, till twenty twenty five? Yeah. I think. Okay. So oh, yeah. same team. It's the same team, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, you're, you're filling in round the edges, aren't you? Yeah. And you, uh, you, you, you don't feel that top of Paul Cook's agenda right now, today, is to go and get somebody now, do you? No. Injury, injury, no. additional injury part. You don't feel there's anything necessary, do you? Why, why no. would you do that and potentially upset the apple cart of what you've got, unless you have to? The the yeah. only position that I think we're thin on is up front, because you know we've sent Harley out on loan, haven't we? To um, he's not Kingsley. didn't play at the weekend. Didn't, no, didn't play he, in sixteen at all. No, um, he he, hadn't, he didn't have much of a run with us except in in the um, first round of the trophy, did he? Mm. Uh, so if something did happen to Grigor Quigley, we are we are thin up top. But other than that, um, I think I think we're okay to the end of the season, barring you know um, a tsunami of injuries, which God <laughs> forbid. Yeah. Well, put it this way, Daz, Chesterfield got till March, haven't they? To if there's an injury to a striker, they yeah. can bring somebody yeah. in in March, can't they? On on yeah. loan or or, or yeah. whatever. So, you yeah. know, they're, they're not they're not you know tied by the no. the transfer window, which finishes really, on Thursday. We could always go back and get Paul McCullum for the last three months of the season. <laughs> well, well, by the third Thursday in March or whenever it is, you know, yeah. but the finishing line might well be in sight. They've scored 50 goals in the National League Eastly, and he's got 23 of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good player. Stop Mm. him. Uh, Now, Quigley didn't play. Scott Quigley didn't play last week for Eastly, so I don't know if he's injured. He wasn't on the bench at all Mm. either, so I'm not sure if he's injured. But he's got nine. Then Maguire. Chris Maguire, he's quite key, isn't he? He's a good player. He's more of a one. But I, I think, by all accounts, he played up front alongside... McCallum, when they got Tonk 4 0 at Altrincham. Oh, really? Um, and they've not won since Christmas, Eastley, in League or Cup. They, mm. they of course, lost <clears> in a replay to Newport and avoided that Man United clash. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we've not talked about crowds. We'll talk about crowds in a little bit. But they got their record crowd. Um, oh, right. Against, in the game against Newport, the replay, 5,075. It was 50 more than their previous record. Um, which was also a cup game a few years ago against Bolton Wanderers. So, uh, mm. Yeah, they, they they broke it in their last in their last home match. Well, plenty more to talk about here on the Sky Is Blue podcast, and we'll be back in a sec.
Well, when you're top of the league by 16 points with games in hand, you're the best team. Chesterfield have won the most games at home. They've won the most games away. They've scored the most goals. Uh, they've not conceded the least, but they're, they're certainly not dreadful in that department. But one of the things, uh, Daz, has been they've scored from set plays, they've scored from free kicks, they've scored from corners, they've scored from open play. And whilst we all love a rasping free kick, you can't knock that. Some of the style of some of the goals that we've seen this season from a football perspective has been out of this world. I keep a, when it comes up to the Player of the Year awards and you've got to have a shortlist for the goal of the season. A few years ago, we used to all be scratching our heads to think what was what and get a shortlist up there. So I write, if, if there's one, I write it down, I keep a list, a shortlist. I've got yeah. 19 on my shortlist. <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, and, you know, in recent terms, in the time that we've been talking about, just just January, Will Grigg, his second against Gateshead. It's not about the finish. It was about the build up. Absolutely yep. magnificent. Ollie Banks against Altrincham. Again, not about the finish. It was about the build up. James Berry, mm. Altrincham, about the build up and the finish mm. was pretty good as well. Uh, James Berry's shot was just a crackerjack, wasn't it, from against mm. Southend? And then Do- Dobra's moving. That's, so that's just four absolute brilliant goals just in January. It's been amazing <laughs> the quality of them, hasn't it? Yeah, all, all round the the football we're playing is is um, nectar, isn't it? It's, it's just wonderful stuff. Uh, I mean, we control for such long periods in games, you can almost get blasé. Um, but we've also scored some crackers. I mean, the, the one you were talking about there, the the build-up to to the first goal against Altrincham, we'd we'd actually been under the cosh for about ten or fifteen minutes, mm. and then suddenly out of nowhere, produce five or six passes and one-touch moves and running off the ball and just carve them wide open. Uh, so it's that mixture of the dominance and scoring and having purple patches and scoring, and then we we can also just produce something out of absolutely no, nowhere of the highest quality, either to take a defence apart or, as in Berry's case, produce a finish into the top bin off the underside of the bar. We're almost undefendable, I would think, for managers when they sit down and think, well, you know, like we were saying with Paul McCullum, you know, you you stop McCullum playing and easily are done. Well, where the hell do you start with us? Yeah, yeah, looking at the goals. Just looking at the goals in the National League, well, my list has got Brig on 15 because he didn't score that one that Grimes got. Um, mm. But I think goal bonuses might have come into play. Naylor, eight. Dobra, eight. Quigley, eight. Banks, seven. Colclough, seven. Mandeville, five. You know, they're not big numbers, but there's a lot of quite... Yeah, a lot of them, numbers. isn't there? Mm. <laughs> I've still yeah. got Greg. I've got Greg on eighteen because he, you know, he's still not changed for that uh, that that own goal that was clearly own goal against uh, you know against Barnet. He's yeah, still yeah, credited yeah, yeah, with yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that, that's right. There's a Dobra one and the and the Grimes one. He's got one in the cup. That's why it adds up to eighteen. Yeah. Oh, sorry. In, yes, in, yes. In the cup did. game, didn't he? So it's it, it's sixteen on Marley's fifteen plus one, and then the two dubious goals panel ones. And <laughs> there's no question, Greg didn't get the Dobra one. Now, whether Dobra got it or it was OG or whatever, we can we can debate. But he definitely, definitely, definitely wasn't Grigg. No. Uh, um, it doesn't matter how many times you look at the uh, the, the the one a match or two ago 
against the Woking, you can you can see it either way you want to see it, can't you? But I, I, I'm convinced it was it was oh, Grimes. I, I, it's Grimes' goal, um, most definitely. Um, the way that confused me as well, and I said this in, in commentary, was that it was Grimes, and then it went. But Griggs claiming it because he was he, he initially <laughs> like he pointed to his chest. To himself, he pointed yeah, but it was smart. everybody, yeah. Yeah. So, and I've I've told I've told this story before. John Duncan once said when Phil Brown hadn't scored for ages uh, in the league, and it was away at Newport County, and there was one. It looked like an own goal off John Radish, but put, Phil Brown was in the right vicinity, and we all agreed we'd credit it to Phil Brown because he hadn't scored for ages. <laughs> and uh, John Duncan told me the story when he was at Spurs, the London Standard or the tele- the Evening Telegraph or whatever it was called used to offer a case of champagne to the first London player to score a hat-trick in a season, and Dunks won it. He said, and there was nowhere near two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but there were no, you know, they weren't televised. They weren't, the goals no. weren't weren't shown then, so he yeah. claimed them. That went down in your morning paper, and he got a case of champagne. But mm. uh, that, that, there you go. And we mentioned Quigley as well in terms of uh, uh, improvement. His... His stats last season, 28 plus 15, seven goals. He's on, he's on five plus 18 with eight goals this season. That's another massive upgrade, Stu. It is, it is, isn't it? Um, the, the way he's come on this season it has been fantastic because you, you buy a player when you bring him in at the sort of age that he was and you think you've probably more or less got the finished product, you know, you're buying it straight out of the box. But to come in and improve himself like he has under Paul Cook um is 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 fantastic and i think he's there's only scott bowden ever scored more goals coming off the bench than him now um and he's oh, right, desperately okay. far behind that um he, he must have scored well how many of his goals this season have been off the bench um probably three quarters of them i yeah. think yeah um you know so you don't like to see a player labeled as a super sub you know, because you, you want them to, to be able to play 90 minutes and be involved and contribute for 90 minutes, you know. But uh, but if but if we, we, we can start uh, Joe when we need to and, and bring him off the bench at, at, as an automatic kind of thing in games like we've seen to round about 75 um, and, and it works, then why not keep doing it? And if Joe's happy with it, and I should imagine he is, then then let's carry on doing it. It works. Well, he's happy yeah. enough to sign another year, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and 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 that's another great signing, you know, because he's a bit different to to Will Grigg, isn't he? It, you know, it. So we've got like a not hate Plan A, Plan B, because the Plan A is just to go out and win the game, isn't it? Um, but but you know, you've got two different approaches slightly, and you looked at um, Southend's defenders, um, and who looked as though they could mix it up a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just thinking, well, we brought Joe Quigley on. He's got a bit more height at set pieces when we're attacking and defending, which we perhaps mm. lacked a little bit on, on Saturday compared to some of their players. Um, and, and he can just bring something slightly different that, that seems to wear down the defenders even more when they see Greg going off, you know. I just want to touch on, uh, sorry, about oh. the South End defenders. And one impressed me in particular was Harry Kensdale. Taylor. Oh, Harry Taylor, actually. He was the one who made that tremendous challenge that timed to perfection. And apparently he's been doing it all season. Mm. In I think it was in the first half. But it looked like he was going to absolutely nail this guy. 
but he won the ball and just took it off him and it was just superb challenge we're number 16 Harry mm. Taylor really really good yeah. and he was one who was motoring forward as a centre half so he was a bit more fluid and going into midfield so, and, and he has played in midfield for Barnet quite a lot he's a Barnet yes, he's played a long time for Barnet isn't he he's yeah. a regular midfielder yeah really good really good player but Kensdale as well you, know, the, you could see why Southend came into that match with the best defensive record in the division yeah. because they've got two fantastic fullbacks and they've got two fantastic central central uh, yeah. and and they've had to play this season because they've had no alternatives and they've grown yeah. into a really really good team. Um, yeah. They've conceded three this season but not since September. Um, and and Chesterfield really really did well. I'm mean, yeah two worldies in in that but you've got to you've got to do it. And looking about uh, uh, squad rotation is bound to be some does in. February, six more games, four of them away. Eastley, Dagenham, Bromley and Halifax away. Ebbsfleet and Rochdale home. That's another manager gone as well. Dennis Katrib, he's, uh, he's yeah, in Ebbsfleet, yeah. hasn't he? So, um, you know, so that squad rotation, which the players, when they talk to Paul and talk to myself at the end of the game, they they all seem to get it, don't they? And yeah. They, they, they realise and, you know, they're... You, you particularly see Jeff King, who who must be inside burning with disappointment of the amount of games he's, he's played or not played this season. But he he's the biggest celebrator of, of them all, even if he's unused sub. He seems to be does. Yeah, I think he's a he's a team player, Jeff, and he he must realise the way Shex is playing. He, he's going to play second fiddle because Shackleford, apart from when he's been out injured, has to me he's been a I thought he was a decent player when he was a maidenhead. I was a bit disappointed in him last year. But, God, he's made a hell of a comeback this time, hasn't mm. he? he, he has, and, yeah. and, and very well deserved to get his, his new deal. But, yeah, I think everybody, right from the outset, when you look at the depth of the squad and the quality of the squad, and these all the players say, oh, you want to see, you know, we, we knew we were a decent side. We could tell when we, we were in pre-season and stuff. And it happens every day in training. You get this constant feedback from the players don't you they know what a good squad they're in um and that the way the season pans out you're gonna have times where you you sit out and other times where you come on for 15 minutes and other times where you you have you might have two or three weeks off and then come in for a run of six games you just but cookie seems to have i don't know Placated f- footballers' egos to the point where they they all seem absolutely delighted. It, whether they're on the bench, it's sat in the stand or in the first eleven. It, it, it's an amazing three-card trick he's pulled off this season somehow. And you think, Stu, that King might have a big part to play because you know, we all we've talked many a time. No, no point in carrying on talking about it about defensive abilities and the South End game you got Chesterfield's two best defenders as full fullback defenders. Yeah. And with King, when you look at Chesterfield's home games in particular, there's only Rochdale in the top top half that Chesterfield have got to play at home. We've got mm. the bottom four to play. You'd think that King had relished those sort of games too? Oh I think so, yes. Yes. Um it 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 has been unfortunate for him because, you know, this time last year or up until this time last year we'd have thought he was first name on the team sheet wouldn't we you know and he came back for that playoff final at Wembley and and played pretty well I thought you know um up against County's kind of tricky wingers um so you'd have expected him 
to have kind of started well and hit the ground running and it just hasn't worked for him um, which is a shame but obviously that's good news for the other players who are in there and, and all round it's good news for the team because we're sat at the top of the league points clear um, but you would hope that you know we, we haven't kind of seen his career here sort of petering out um, and as you say with, with teams coming up games coming up against teams that that, that that we can, you know, more easily um, play that kind of attacking fullback that King is against, then um, you would hope there is, you know, more to be seen from him still, certainly. And and the way that, as you say, that he celebrates as much, you know, as, as the next man indicates that he doesn't feel that there's kind of a disconnect between him and the football club, which is important, you know, Um it obviously must uh, not to play on a regular basis, but as long as his own kind of morale can be kept up, then then he'll be ready to come in and do well for us when he does, I'm sure. Well, Eastley Paul, next mm. up, of course, the epitome of inconsistent this season. They're 11th in the league as we talk. There may be some opportunity for that to change with Tuesday night's games. Um, they've got a negative goal difference, which is always unusual when you're in the top half. I know they're only 11th, but they've got a, a negative goal difference of eight, which is you know the worst in the top 11, not surprisingly. Uh, all the show got a minus two, or we're in seventh place. But the the best run of consecutive wins they've had this season, two. <laughs> the the worst run of consecutive defeats they've had this season, two. But they did score <laughs> the first three matches, so they they, they had a, a string of. Uh, have drawn that they are absolutely inconsistent and with the squad they've got they should be doing better no that mm. most definitely should be better Stuart Donald uh, in now as owner back in at owner as, as the club likes to throw cash at it doesn't he really and but it's whether it's spent wisely on uh, on what manager they pick and Richard Hill's still there as the temporary boss isn't he I still mm. think isn't he from from taking over from Lee Bradbury um so, but they're, they are the masters, as you say, of inconsistency. It wouldn't surprise me if Saturday's game is 4-3 either way. You know, it's it's going to be one of those, isn't it? So, well, we've had some daft ones with Eastley in the last year. Yeah. Time. Well, Chesterfield lost their last season 2-1, didn't they? They scored first in the first half. Chesterfield equalised with a, a random cross-come-shot from Liam Mandeville that went into the near post. Yeah, yeah. And then they scored in the last minute with the, the really smallest man on the pitch coming in at full-back, heading one in, didn't he? So, And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the, the reverse picture last season was that mad eight minutes at the end. <laughs> yeah. Where Dallas is fighting. Andy Dallas, really. yeah. So oh, and this Dallas, yeah. And this year, just were three up cruising with ten minutes to go, and they backed two, didn't they? It was all a bit, <laughs> all a bit harem scaring at the end, wasn't it? A bit worrying, mm. but uh, they managed to push through. So they've had some crack, cracking games. Eastley have won it. The, the technique, uh, uh, sorry, the SMH Group Stadium before, uh, just as Chesterfield had a really good record. Uh, I think. That was the last year's was the first loss. Is that about, about, about right? Um, uh, um, Off the top of yeah. my head, I think. We, we always used to nick them 1 0. We, we yeah. had lots and lots of 1 0s. Curtis <laughs> Weston. That, that crackerjack from Curtis yeah. Weston, which was yeah. a year ago or a year mm. or two ago yeah. as of yesterday, wasn't it? I think that was yeah. a Danny Webb caretaker job, wasn't it? it yeah. Was a, I seem to remember the, the first time we went there, one of the the, the random Martin Allen loanees that came <laughs> in that played three games and left. You know, I'm I'm not not Alfie Beeston, but somebody of that ilk 
came in and scored his first ever goal. Or... Yeah, the kid from Sheffield United, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, mm. I think. Um, anyway, he, he we, scored. <laughs> we've won three, then, drawn one, and lost one at their place. Right. Jonathan Smith and Tom Denton scored the yeah. year after. Mandeville scored a winner in COVID. Yeah. Curtis then, Weston scored Weston. a last minute winner on telly. And then we lost last year, didn't we? So, yeah. boom. Yeah. And of course, they've uh, helped to resurrect the career of Luke Kroll, former Spire, uh-huh. who's suffered yeah. badly with injury. But he's made nine appearances and they've conceded 25 goals in those nine, get- cool. nine appearances. Right. right. So he was taken off at half time against Aldringham. I don't know if that was an injury because at. Uh, well, it was 2-0 at half-time, so maybe they uh, um, they wanted to shake something up. Um, uh, Martin came on, who's a much bigger, taller, stronger defender, isn't he? Um, experienced Aaron Martin. Aaron Martin, but, yeah. Ex-Burton, is he? Yeah, Ex-Burton, yeah, he is. Uh, um, no, I'm just having a quick look down. Oh, is that the other? Ex- the other yeah, is another um, Aaron Martin. Yeah, this, this is right. uh, Exeter, Ex- Ex- Exeter, which isn't a new <laughs> And he joined, <laughs> he joined Eastleigh from Port Vale. Right. Um, uh, and he was a kid and played quite a few, well, yeah, 20 odd games for Southampton at the start of his career. Oh, right. So he's, uh, he's, he's been about a bit, but Luke's not steadied the defence, put it uh, uh, put it that way. But when you've got players like Balderine, um, of he's course, who, who, who yeah, was yeah. a great player in Notts County, then went and played a couple of years in the league. Was it for Sutton? Was it Sutton? Or, Sutton, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sutton, United, yeah. I think. And Maguire, who we talked on about uh, earlier on. Um, McDonnelling in goal is the go-to when you've got an injured goalkeeper in the playoffs and he, <laughs> yeah. he sort of goes and plays for everybody <laughs> there. They've got the likes of uh, Jake Taylor who had a terrific career with Exeter 200 odd games for Exeter City who who knows how to play a good a good driving midfielder. So, you know, they've just not got going this year. They've, they've not got, a, as I say, they've not got a, a run going and they're conceding a lot of goals, but as you said, Paul, they're always likely to score a mm-hmm. few. And then the game in the the first of our two games in hand, the rearranged game against Dagenham and, and Redbridge, they're another team with a lack of consistency and uh, Daz, their, their American owner, has sort of said, right, right, OK, I've not done what I managed to do. I painted the toilets, but I can't quite get everything else going right. And so they're in a, a time of flux as well. So it might be a decent time to play them. Yeah, uh, I think I think it was fairly obvious that this great revolution that they were planning was never really taken hold, has it? Uh, they flirted with the playoffs a couple of times. They've had the odd decent run and um, a few notable wins. I think they, they stopped Wrexham finally challenging Stockport, didn't they, on the last day of the season a couple of years ago. And... Um, so they, they've had one one or two notable results. I mean, they came up and gave us a, a bloody nose last year, didn't they? Three yes. Up at half time and uh, and so on. But um, they're very very inconsistent. Um, I I think this is this is the month where we we shut the door on everybody. I really do this month coming up. Um, I cannot. For the life of me, even including Bromley, which will be difficult because it's Bromley and it's the pitch and all that goes with it. I, my gut tells me we've six wins coming up and that'll do the job. Mm. Mm. 
yeah, you might eventually get your 10 wins on the bounce. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 23 times since I've, Sky I've, Blue started. Well, I've, I've, I've eaten once and then I, I, I backed off. <laughs> oh, right, OK. Uh, it just seems more like that. More yeah. like that. But to, again, that, that inconsistency of Dagenham, they, they lost their three, first three... Oh, sorry, they lost three games on the trot in August. Then they won three games on the trot at the end of August and beginning of September. And they've not done more than two two on the bounce either way. We've all lost no. ever no. since. Uh, their last match, just to put it into some sort of perspective, they lost at home to Kidderminster. And I know um, Phil Brown <laughs> has uh, got a little bit of new manageritis there. Looking forward to Kidderminster coming to our ground. <laughs> oh, carry on the great relationship between... Pop, Pop and the camera on the dugout. That would be good. But uh, I did learn I did learn an awful lot about Phil Brown the other day. I was just reading basic rubbish about Southend-on-Sea, and it's the hottest, sunniest place in the United Kingdom, officially. So that's clearly why is that orange. Oh, really? Right. Many years at Southend United. I didn't realise that. I only thought Phil Brown worked in the summer. So uh, I didn't realise he came in. I didn't think he was alive in the winter. So um, it was quite amusing, wasn't it? As soon as Phil Brown gets appointed in Kidderminster, we recall Bailey Hobson. Is is that a coincidence? No. Um, Who knows the secrets of the Black (laughs) Magic Box? But again, you know, Dagenham, they've got got decent players. It's it's not worked for them this season. They've got uh, Hessenthaler in midfield. Eastman's a big, strong defender at the back, you know, and... uh, he, he, you don't, you have to go the long way around to get round him, don't you? And um, you know they've they've got Effie Young up front, um, Frankie Vincent in midfield as well. So you know they've they've got they've got players who who know how to play, but they've just not worked out as a oh. as a team this season. It sounds like a fifties crooner to me, Frankie. Frankie Vincent when he plays that. So yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder how Phil Brown ended up at Barrow. Bearing in mind he'd been at South End, enjoying the, mm-hmm. the hottest, think, sunniest place in Britain, and I then think, ended, ended up on the coast at Barrow. Got to be nuclear. Dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not too far yeah. away from whatever wind scales call these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, well, well you've got nuclear subs in the barrow shipyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, He upset Ollie Banks when he arrived there, didn't he? So yeah. yeah. Well, he lit up Walney Island. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, there. Ed Sweet yeah. at home, they'll obviously have a, a different manager in for that, whether they're fully appointed after Cotrigue's dismissal. And then it, 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 it's Bromley. Um, yeah, we'd all take a point at Bromley, wouldn't we? Um, yeah. No, Dar- Daz is shaking his head. No, no, we ten wins on the bounce prediction. Well, no, uh, it's not a case of that. I just think we put them to bed. And. Yeah. You I know, like what? Bromley. I don't know. I don't know whether those angsters with Bromley, but I quite like them. I like Andy Woodman. I like their teams. It's a 3G surface, yeah, but they've got, you know, they're they're up and coming. I think uh, they've done a terrific. It. They've done a terrific job. Him and people around him, the owners and everything, because yeah. they punch him well above the weight. They, they've well, they are. Against... I mean, they 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 talked about this thirty thousand bringers home. They want. Yeah. They they wanted. Uh, an average crowd of three, 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 three for the last ten matches yeah. or whatever it was. I yeah. can't quite remember yeah. the, the facts. So you know, their average was about a thousand less than that. They did a four for two offer, didn't they? So buy two and mm. get four right. tickets. It probably might not. It may or may not count for the Chesterfield game. I don't know. But you know that that's that is a long way above their weight. 
um, well, yeah. it would be in League Two, no question. Yeah. But they've been there. I mean, they they, they lost yeah. to us in the playoffs, having beaten us in the in the league a, a week yeah. or two earlier. Yeah, um, there is definitely something about them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of clubs around. I mean, to be you're either in London, you appear to be around the sort of Dagenham, uh, Bromley, sort of on the cusp of two thousand to 3,000, or you're getting 20,000 Crystal Palace. Do you know what I mean? It seems like nobody can sort of split that sort of middle. There's no middling sort of, uh, uh, no. you know, sort of area. But, but, so. but having had a terrific run, Aldershot, oh, sorry, Bromley, um, their last three league games have been drawn away at Maidenhead, drawn at home to Boreham Wood, um, drawn That's a away at yeah. Aldershot, mm-hmm. lost lost at file that's hard yeah. promotion form is it yeah no. Wood, woodman wasn't happy on on saturday no, he, said he was a bit he was, was a bit annoyed with his strikers because he said they had numerous chances i'm not i'm not seeing the game back i just saw saw his interview and he, he was not impressed when they conceded yeah. early file scored 11 mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah when but is... Cra- uh, crowhouse i think they've they've sold him on but got him on back on loan where yeah. they sold him to uh, uh brentford. brentford brentford that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. When and, is the next uh, yeah. round of the trophy? Yeah, oh, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're on the 10th of February against Aveley yeah. at home to Aveley. 10th of Feb. Yeah, so that means that their match away at Oldham is postponed. So, um, yeah, we'll be playing on that day, of course, uh, Ebsley. Ebsley, yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, that's, and, well, that'll change the dynamic of the uh, of the table, hopefully. Mm. But, uh, uh, so, yeah. It, it, it's a big match, but like you say, if we beat Eastley, Dagenham, and Ebbsfleet, it it becomes not it becomes yeah. not a big match. It yeah. becomes a game where both teams just want to win. It, it's not a winner. It's not a we've got to win. It's not a six pointer anymore. We're not we've not got any six pointers coming up anymore. Surely, surely have we? No, Stu? no, we no. no, we haven't. No, no. I mean, could you, with them in a trophy, as you say, if we win those three games before it, we could go to Bromley twenty points in front of him, couldn't we? Yeah. Absolutely. It's not even even a six-pointer for the other side. No. No. Because they're so far behind. No. You know. Yeah, Yeah, they'll they'll be more, Bromley, when they play us, will be more interested in what Barnett are doing than what's going on in front of their eyes. Exactly, yeah. 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 So it's about maintaining that. And and both of those teams seem far enough in front of Altrincham and Solihull not to throw away second and third. Mm. They they feel as though they've got second and third nailed. And that might be where they're going for the trophy a little bit, thinking, well, as long as we don't do anything stupid. Yeah. But all of a yeah. sudden, Bromley are thinking, flipping out, we've got one point out of four matches. Yeah. You know, but, mm. uh, anyway, talking talking of that gap, Stuart, 19 points is the biggest gap that a team's ever won the National League by Luton Town. wonder what happened to them um, <laughs> after that. Um, but, yeah, we're all discovering new records every week, aren't we, at the moment? It's been one of those stupid, bonkers seasons. Mm. Yeah, I, I've, I've had as many different goes at you know the record number of straight wins in league matches and across all games and all that sort of thing and as soon as you kind of calculate it and you check it five times and you're happy with it we go and win again so you know mm. it, uh, it, it's been it's been interesting to try and keep track of it and and the yeah. more you look at things the more you discover yeah. odd obscure little bits and pieces and uh, I, I love i love the comment you made on x 
about, uh, yeah, it's probably the season with the most records, apart from the first season when that was, oh, record number of wins. We won another one. Record three. number of players yeah. used, you know, record yeah, number yeah. of scorers. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's always got to be a start, hasn't there? But, mm. yeah, one of the modern day records at our modern stadium will, of course, be the crowds against you. They, again, they've it, it beggars belief, doesn't it? We had a great season last year and we're 10 or 15% upon that this year. We are, we are. We're, we're, we're the average at the moment seven six two three for home attendances, and the closest we've ever come to that was in our first season here when we won the League Two Championship, and that was six nine seven two. <laughs> so we're about what's that? It's, it's, seven, it's, six, it's nearly ten percent, isn't it? Yeah. But so, the, the the thing you know, with as, that, as long as I hold up yeah. for the rest well, of the, the thing season. is with that. Of course, there were a hell of a lot more away fans that season than oh, yeah. this year. Yeah. Average mm. of 615 away in, in our first season, and it's 374 this yeah, season. Yeah, so that's, that's another only, 300 that adds to yeah. it. Um, got, and, and when you think you've got, Jack fans, Lester, you've got Jack Lester, Craig Davis at their pump, and a shiny mm. new stadium to, yeah. to prick everybody's mm. interests, yeah. Yeah. It, it does just yeah. show you, doesn't it? Uh, Seven, Seven percent of the entire population of Chesterfield are coming to the SMH Group Stadium. You know, given wow. large, a hundred thousand, given large, yeah. uh, uh, that is the hottest ticket in town by by a, a country mile for anything that's yeah. put on. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, anything that's put on. Yeah. In, in, yeah. In, now there's only there's only uh, T20 in the park against Yorkshire. And yeah. a lot of those people don't come from Chesterfield. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So, hmm. no question about it. They should it. be lauding that fact, Chesterfield. Yes, I, I, absolutely. So. No question uh, No question about it. It's It's been absolutely incredible. And, hmm. yeah, the 21 different teams beat. And I did check Wrexham. They did beat everybody last year. Wrexham right. did right. beat everybody. Yeah. Uh, they didn't obviously win every game, but. They no. avenged all of the draws and all of the defeats yeah. with a victory. So, yeah. um, you know, the best we can do there is equal that, yeah. equal yeah. that record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that means winning at Oldham and winning at home to Maidenhead. So, we're likely to win away at Oldham. Yeah, yeah. yeah Maidenhead, <laughs> knowing us, would be more of a challenge with our record yeah. against them. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'll be the most nervous game of the season if we win at Oldham and you're coming in to try and beat yeah. everybody and it's flipping Maidenhead last match of the season. You could just yeah. see it going wrong, can't you? It's just... Uh, what, beating Oldham and winning the title? Yeah. Ooh, that's that's still a possibility. Well, I've, been, I've, I've been saying that for a while. It's a bit yeah. I've been saying it'll be at Oldham for a while. Uh, if anything, it might be a game quicker now because Bromley and Barnet have Oxford, dropped yeah. off a bit more than we all expected, whilst yeah. we haven't. But, Which would be the but earliest I, I just want, we've I ever just won. I want to win it at home. Yeah. Uh, much there's, there's a there's an irony about perhaps winning it at Oldham. I want to win it at home because we haven't won promotion, and I know this is a, a joint thing. If you win promotion, you've won the championship. We mm. haven't won a promotion at home since the 1930s. You know, wow. all the all the promotions since then, 69, yeah. 70 was a way of Exeter, was it, I think? And 84, yeah. 85 was we won promotion without playing because yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Harrisford yeah. failed to win a match. Uh, 94, 95, we won at Wembley. 2000, yeah. 2001, we lost at Brighton, but Hull didn't get the result they needed at Southend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, 10, 11, we won without 
playing because Wickham didn't beat Torquay on Good Friday. Yeah, yeah. 13 uh, 14, we won uh, away at Burton because every, and that was a terrific yeah. game, but it was away at, and it was a Burton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah, we, we haven't won. I can't remember if it was 30 31 or 35 36, but it's, it's the 30s. I think it was when we mm. beat Gateshead 8 0, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> was that 35 was yeah. 36 or 30 uh, 35 6, I think. Yeah. So, so there won't be anybody alive who's seen Chesterfield win promotion at home. They'll, well, you know, no. they'll be there. What, no. what you just rattled off there, Phil, right, so uh, is an incredible amount of success since Chesterfield moved to the SMH group stadium. Yeah. League one yeah. playoffs. Yeah. You know, I know they dropped down to the national league, the well, two fourth yeah. division titles. Yeah. So the caveat as obviously is that, but mm. the success that's coming with it, you know, that's been building the playoffs in the national league, you know, it's, it's all like a roller coaster effect now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to come back to that with three or four years of abject misery right in the middle yeah. of it. In yeah. the middle yes. of it, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's stunning, really. Mm. Uh, and the, the, the ownership change and the football has, has contributed to that crowd element without any, mm. uh, uh, any, yeah. any question. And the long-term strategy, Daz, of the trust, and this has been... The, under previous ownership, it was the strategy of the trust, but it didn't get listened to as much as it does now. Yeah, um, is getting kids in for their first match because yes. if you never come to a first match, you never come to a second. Mm. And you know the the working with schools, and it's been a long term thing, but they've not always been able to get as many deals. They're not necessarily free tickets, deals in as as they wanted, but they're they're doing it now, and it's showing. It, the, uh, and even even if only 25% of the people that come on one of those deals become regulars, that's that's paid for your, your discounted ticket, hasn't it, Does? Oh, yeah. Uh, every day. Every day. I've, I know we've spoken about this early part of the season. I, I've never seen so many um, kids of four or five upwards to teenagers in the ground in, in, my, in my lifetime. I've mm. never seen as many women in the ground in my lifetime. Um, uh, and, it, and it's wonderful, really, that all the hard work, um, the goodwill, that everything that the trust do away from football um, is, is obviously percolating through the town. There's a feel-good factor, isn't there, uh, at, at every level. And ally that to a Paul Cook team playing football for the gods and scoring 115 goals in a calendar year and you know taking as you say taking you to Wembley and despite despite the disappointment you know the whole town bounced back didn't they in in August and got behind the team again and off we went and uh, yeah I just hope we don't make the mistakes that the previous regime made when, when we got promotion under Sheridan and wasted the opportunity and went straight back down and yeah. and 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 a, and a similar thing under when when Cookie took us up and then into the playoffs and then did a U-turn and and you know within four seasons we're in the bloody National League so mm. we we've got to be careful I'd rather build slowly I do think we're capable with the squad we've got and we talked earlier about this the depth and and the players that have all been re-signed with a minimal number of additions, I think we could, given a fair win, run through League Two quite happily. Because yes. I've watched, I've watched quite a bit of League Two 
this year and there's nothing in there that would frighten me, I have to say. And if Stockport, uh, Wrexham go up and maybe Notts County as well. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's not a free run because there's no such thing as a free run. But no. you know, at that point, you'd look at the Gillinghams of this world as your as your dangers, yes. uh, um, rather than another Wrexham, another Stockport, another North yeah. County. And you've three automatics and one playoff yeah. play. Yeah. So yeah. you know, getting the top Twice seven. Twice as many chances. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so. All the ingredients are there. I'm sure the stewards that are now in charge of the club, both on the trust side and with with Phil and Ashley, who have obviously been a godsend. Um, I think they're building in the right way. And if if we just don't do anything silly um, and look at it as a a five year plan rather than a five minute plan, as we've often done in the past. Um, I think the opportunity is there for us to really cash in this time and get that that core instead of it being three and a half thousand diehards, get it to five and a half thousand and to six thousand and to seven thousand. So the, the, the biggest disappointment about it all, if the success continues, is that it'll be a very high proportion of season tickets. So you, you you'll reduce the amount of times you can work with the schools to bring mm. new new youngsters. In. That, yeah, that, that, that's a dilemma that uh, that somebody's going to have to sit down and think about if if it continues. And then, of course, you've you've got to get the new generation of new generation kids coming in and coming back after they've had a beef burger. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, a, a mm, he went there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, were, we were doing so well for a, an hour and thirty-four minutes of positivity, and then we one for the one for the, the B word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, such is um, but, such I, is I, life. I, so I will so say, we're, we're, we're all we're all dismissing the fact that Chesterfield won't win the league this this season. You can't you can't put a bet on that. Says more than anything. There isn't another manager in the in the national league that expects any other team to win. Of course, Paul Cook and everybody in the dressing room, you, you expect not to say that. Yeah. But, yeah. Stuart, uh, the title's in the bag, surely, surely, surely. It really is, isn't it, really? It it would be a record-breaking collapse, wouldn't it, um, in this record-breaking season, if it were not to be, I think. I, I haven't looked back at uh, Burton's promotion, because uh, when, what, Clough, when Roy Mack took over as manager, yeah, from Clough, yeah, because yeah. they that nearly was... threw it away, didn't they? They tried uh, very hard. Yeah. What season it was? I'll have a look. What's I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at. Uh, well, it was, uh, it was that after one. he left, so it was after 2007, wasn't it? So, oh, right. so you have to have a look. So it might be something like nine, ten, ten, eleven, something like that. But was yeah. that the one where Nigel Clough went to Derby? Mid-season? Yes. Yeah. 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 I will say though that people really need to consider buying a ticket for the Maidenhead. Home game, the now. last game of the season. Yes, you yeah, you really yeah. want to be looking yeah. at that because yeah. I that imagine be they're the selling the... more. That's selling more than any other, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it, if it happens that there is a trophy to be presented, it'll be done at that game, won't it? Yes, it will. Yeah, yeah. They, they only ever presented to the last game. I don't think they mm. present it yeah. Yeah. during the season, yeah. and that's quite right too. You mm. know, you, yeah. you can't. Yeah. But but there'll, there'll, be, there'll be two full houses for sure. Mm. There'll be that maidenhead game, and there'll be if there's a chance of 
yeah. winning the competition uh, yeah. uh, to home if, game. Yeah. So. If uh, if it does happen to be an away game, and this is for you, Daz and Phil, oh. it's to drop enough hints to do, perhaps do a bean back if there's not enough tickets. Obviously, Oldham exception because they get I don't know how many tickets to give Chesterfield. So, but it say it's at somewhere else. Then the possibility well, of being back would be. You'd there. be able to watch the National League TV. Well, not if it's a 3 p.m. Saturday uh, at the club, would you? Oh, I you, can, you can in Belgium. Yeah, you but can in Belgium. We're not in Belgium. Well, if they're going to be able to win it, it'll be on telly. <laughs> if they're going to be able to win it, it's going to be on telly, isn't it? You yes. would think so. Um, but they've TNT have always booked up their um, unless they've waited a bit. So I don't know yeah, how far I, in I, advance I, they've gone. I suspect they're being quite cautious now. Yeah. Because uh, it's won't... worth it, it's worth inquiring about it being yeah. back because you can mm. get you can get two and a half thousand fans in there in the West End if you just open that and put two yeah. big screens in. So yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my well, idea. At Burton so. in two thousand eight nine, mm. in their last fourteen games, they got fourteen points. All right. Okay. Really? Lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Lost eight what, games out of the last fourteen. Eight games. What what month did that start? In February, was it? Uh, yeah, twenty eighth of February. They drew away at Woking. Then lost, lost, lost. One, one, one. Drawn, lost, lost. One, lost, lost, lost. So uh, I'll, I'll 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 see if I can get uh, their their last win before that run. Ironically, was a two one win over Wrexham in February. I'll see if I can get a table at that point. Uh, I might not be able to. Um, so more web pages. See how clear they were. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, oh, so well. anyway, what, uh, uh, what, what so far um, has been your outstanding moment of the season, Paul? I know I'll, I'll just drop that on you. Um, yeah, um, I'd say. Well, I mean, as always, the FA Cup run um, is always a nice little distraction, isn't it? Um, uh, in particular, I think. Oh, um, by the way, I've just found. When Burton beat Wrexham, they extended their lead at the top of the Blue Square Premier to 19 points. Oh, right. my word. Um, <laughs> let's see how, how many, many they won it by in the end. Yeah. Let's see how many they won it by in the end. Um, so we want the table that season. OK, carry on, Paul. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. The FA Cup run, obviously, um, the late winners at the start of the season, they were always quite nice, weren't they, to uh, to have. And, uh, um, but I, I suppose, really, just... Uh, um, like collectively, the group itself, it always seems like they're, they're together, you know, as a, as a mm. team. And it's always quite nice. I, one standout moment doesn't really, it, it kind of gives a bit of disservice to the rest of the league results. Because, you know, Chesterfield have won 18 consecutive home games. It's hard to mm. well, really yeah. pick one out, you know, so as a, as a best. Really. I think so, Bur- uh, Burton won the league by two points. Probably <laughs> oh, 19 man. clear. I can't be having that. No, no, we can't be doing that. No, <laughs> no, no. draw no, against Maidenhead at home and rely on Bromley losing to win the league. No, <laughs> I don't know. No. I, I, well, I put it this way: I think I would think our uh, regular attendance would drastically drop if that was to happen. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so, be, yeah. well, the A and E department would be be risen, wouldn't it? So, uh, yeah. I would imagine. And and, and they 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 just. Um picked up the victory from Cambridgeshire because Cambridge United finished second and Histon finished third. (laughs) Torquay went up by the playoffs and finished fourth. So, uh, yeah, my word, my word. That that must have been... It it felt heart-stopping when we weren't taking any notice of it. Yeah, (laughs) poor old Roy. Yeah, yeah. So, Stuart, your your outstanding moment Um, of the season? Third goal against Solihull. 
in that five minute comeback from two down to win three two, I think. Yeah. You know, because the whole five minutes was just kind of feverish in in terms of atmosphere, you know, and you know, the whole crowd got behind the team and, and willed it forwards and the team responded. Um and, you know, the third goal obviously won us the game. And I think in a lot of people, myself included, it sort of really firmed up the belief that this was going to be the year if we were capable of pulling a performance like that out of the bag, you know, after not looking in it for, for a little while uh, mm. during the match, at least, you know, I think uh, myself particularly, I, I think that was the one that did the belief that it was going to happen for me, you know? Yeah, that's a, a very good, having having lost, say, four or five days before, whenever, whatever mm. the gap was. Yeah, well, and just because it's Solihull. Yeah, you know? yeah. So 2-0 down, having lost 2-0 a few days earlier. Yeah, very, very good point and uh, um, difficult to to argue against that one. Uh, does your uh, your moment of the season so far? Um, the four-goal burst against Barnet. Yeah. They, they'd come up full of hope. Mm. Crowd was, you know, big, wasn't it? Uh, expectation was big. Um, yeah, 50, we, 60, 76 and 86 the minutes. Yeah, we, we misfired a bit first half, but then just went up a gear. And, you know, as I, I've made comment to one or two people in the East Ham Massive this season, a number of teams have come up here in decent form thinking they're the best side in the league and have gone home realising they're not the best side in the league. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. and and Barnet definitely fell into that category because they came full of hope, full of confidence, playing well. Um, you know, a manager who's... Um, I, I've got a high regard for Dean Brown. I think he's done a good job down yeah. there. Um, always talks a decent game. And I think I think they were... They were fairly confident they, they would get something out of the game. Um, and, and all credit to them, they came and gave it a go. But when we turned the wick up, then, yeah, it was it was men against boys. And that's a, a bit how I felt about Saturday, in all honesty, at the end of the day. Mm, yeah. Uh, and yeah. and we to do that to your then nearest rivals who could have got... Could they have gone above us? Were we only two points ahead of it, them? It was we very close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now what we... <laughs> 16 oh. points ahead with games in hand. So it, I think that was a pivotal game, really. That just that just said to everybody else, nah, no, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> you know well, uh, and, and, and for me, it was um, James Berry's goal against Altrincham. We'd seen how you know that, that there are good teams in the division uh, and Altrincham had really given us a, a tough ask. James Berry had been at Altrincham previously, of course, and it was the quality of that goal. So you're mm-hmm. up against a team that are really seriously good and look as though they could end the game having beaten you. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, we pop up with that, the quality of that Berry goal, the little one-two with, yeah. with, with Banks. And then the finish, I, I, I keep looking at that and I'm still mm. not quite sure how he got it through them players that were no. on the edge of the box. No. It's like, well, yeah, how, where did it go? It's one of those ones where the, the moment right he hits it, he's turning away, isn't yeah. it? Because he knows yeah. where it's going. Well, he, he, used, again. he used the defender, Disney, to actually shield the goalkeeper away from the yes. post and bent it round him. And it was a mm. terrific finish. Terrific. Yeah, yeah and, and there's, but overall, yeah, and I've, I've said this 
many a time, and I've, I've top book cook every season that he's been here. But I just want to see us go through a, a, a home season unbeaten. <laughs> yeah, it's never yeah. happened. That, that, that's that's what I want to see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you right. Had we'll to st- say, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> you I know. Had to say. I know. <laughs> so, a- any other business, gentlemen? Um, I've, I've got a bit. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we, we're reinvigorating the um, fund for the additional uh, room in the memorial garden and a permanent memorial to Ernie Moss that uh, I think 15,000 or so pounds have been raised so far but on Wednesday so um, Wednesday of this week which is probably the day that the um, podcast will come out um, we've got a, a raffle and that's the online raffle um, thing for there's a guy called Matty Grennan, who um, is a Peak Park Ranger, but in his in his spare time, he is the uh, the Stone Ranger. He does hand-carved stones, and he's doing, in Derbyshire <laughs> Stone, uh, a magnificent carving of the Chesterfield logo that we're raffling off £5 a, a ticket. Unique uh, item, all the money going to that uh, uh, Ernie Moss Memorial uh, Fund. And he's also he's going to be actually carving it this Sunday live on youtube so be able to drop in and see how he does it the raffle's open for four or five weeks or something like that so you're not going to get it but that'll be all being launched on the wednesday so you'll see how to do that uh dave has done a a legend of the spy podcast with matty so you'll be able to hear a little bit more about it as well that's been released on wednesday nice plug uh, too so uh um then of course is the supporters dropping where we'll see if burgers come up again um, I think they look as though they might go up. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, great thanks to everybody who booked on the uh, half time, half term, not half time, half term tours. Uh, I think we'll be adding another one on, so keep your eyes on that if you missed out. Because the, the, the three that we bu- uh, put on all sold out within hours. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so Stuart and I will be uh, will be there on on that uh, that day. And um, just a little tease for uh, 1866 Sport. We will be, I'm not going to tell you what yet, just get a few bits sorted out, but we'll be having a new football-based show starting on 1866 before you know it. So uh, that's my bit of any other business, uh, uh, Paul. Um, I'll just draw people's attention again, if they've not, uh, and it's not popped through to their um, releases of the little special I did for the behind the scenes press stuff. Uh, that was released on Sunday, so you yeah, haven't got it in your inbox. Sorry about that. I don't know. I don't know if why it's not arrived, but it is there, um, and it's just 26 minutes long. It's a nice little teaser for yeah. uh, for you to listen to, and it's timeless, so you can listen to it whenever you want. It's no no reflection on uh, on dates or anything like that. Yeah, people so. can listen to it while they're queuing up for the burgers. They could do. Yeah. It's a long It's a long Judging by the people that went down at half time at 35 minutes right, yeah. Saturday, so it's a long queue. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart. Uh, no, nothing for me. Uh, let's just carry You're on. Too, he's too busy doing. checking on records. Well, I know. Unless you've got any other business, yeah. just get them records yeah. checked. Yeah. There were any yeah. other records? Never mind any other business. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and and for that, uh, yeah. Can you tell us how many records we've beaten this season? And is it the record <laughs> number of records apart from that yeah. last season? Like, more record. We've broken more records this season than there are in John Peel's man caves. <laughs> 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 Work, no right. question about it but you know mm. what what a 
what a privilege it's been this uh, this this season, really. Yeah. Um, we all like to win. Um, we've had seasons where we've won quite a lot of games. Yeah. But to win them in the style that they are, yes. yeah. to feel that this team is, or squad, let's call it a squad, to feel this squad is going to largely be what is with the club next year as well, knowing that there's going to be thousands upon thousands of people watching it progress. Um, yeah, that, that's that's the special bit for us, uh, for us of a certain age who've been coming for a long time, does, isn't it? It is. I mean, the only slight fly in the ointment for me no. was the was the um, announcement from uh, Liverpool last Friday about oh, the yeah. mm. impending demise of Jurgen Klopp. Because, as we know, the only place Cookie would walk uh, to to um, to take over is his beloved Liverpool. So let let's hope they find some suitable replacement for Mr. Klopp uh, yeah. before before the end of the season. Yeah, Javi Alonso or Paul Cook, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks for uh, listening. We'll be back when we're back. Uh, um, in no doubt, hopefully, touch wood. There's no Burton Albion in this, and we'll be a bit closer to uh, to getting back. You hardly want to say that the getting back to the promised land because we don't want to be in League Two. We want to be one above that and challenging as we were in 2015, the last time Paul Cook was. Uh, was here. It's been a great ride, but it's going to be a greater one, I feel. Shall I say back-to-back promotions? Yes! We will. <laughs> You've been listening to Sky is Blue, Phil Tilly talking rubbish, and, uh, of course, Paul Fisher, Daryl Carpenter, and Stuart Basson. Thank you very much. And if you like this podcast, then don't forget to subscribe. Please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many of your favourite podcast providers.